Saturday morning, and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. Ah, the last weekend of August, Labor Day weekend. Man, what a summer. It's over, folks. The official end of summer, Labor Day weekend. The snowbirds are thinking about leaving, you know, closing up the camps. A lot of fun to be had this weekend, though. Getting the kids back in school. Oh, what a job, you know. But the nice part about getting the kids back in school, as I hear, because I don't have any kids, is that you get more time to garden, right? I mean, you have free time again. You don't have to go and do all these things. Now, obviously, sports is going to start up. And let's face it, life doesn't get any busier. Uh, But our new fall hours start on the 2nd. Okay, so keep an eye on our e-newsletters, keep our eye, you know, eye on our communications because our fall hours will start after the weekend. The other big thing, the big announcement I need to make, which all of you as customers have been, when's the sale ending? When's the sale ending? When's the sale ending? It's ending on the 1st, okay? Uh, now, that's not to say there's not another promotion coming behind it, but what I will tell you is a lot of the pricing is going back up. So 30% off all plants excludes house plants, but everything else, well, excludes mums and a couple other fall items. But for the most part, all your trees and shrubs, and 30% off. Good deals right now. And I'm not talking all old stuff, okay? We just brought in over 80 thousand dollars worth of product brand new fresh not the tired worn worn stuff from spring not the stuff that you go oh, that's junk it's not even worth 30 percent. we're talking brand new hydrangeas we're talking brand new shrubs trees perennials all kinds of stuff so you got to come in and check out kennebunk and yarmouth obviously scarborough's closed i know it's a lot of disappointment for the folks in that market uh you know we're, we're working our magic we'll see what we can come up with uh i do know bruce has the property under uh contract and and is excited that he is selling it uh i'm not exactly sure all the details but uh i wish him the best and you know he he's ready to retire he's going to be moving to florida and uh and, and doing the snowbird thing so coming up in the summer here in maine enjoying what we have and, and enjoying florida also so wish him the best of luck so Let's talk plants, though. You know, enough about all this business stuff and sales and all that. I want to talk about how amazing the summer plants have looked. Now, we had some hot weather this week, but let's just put a big butt with that. We've been having some problems out there in the garden. But I'm going to talk a lot about that this week because... All of the signs that are showing up lead to some very common, simple things you can fix. But let's talk about the plants that have just been amazing. I mean amazing. Rose of Sharon. Oh, in their glory right now. I was going by a house the other day, and I saw this big, beautiful, it was probably 10 feet wide, about 12 or 15 feet tall, full bloom, beautiful pink. I think the variety might be Aphrodite. I had to stop and turn around and go back and look at it. I I just, it was amazing. I mean, the most beautiful, pristine plant I had seen in a long time. Just all the flowers were perfect. There was not a bud that had gone by full of flowers just at its peak. And let's not forget those ornamental grasses. 
because they are unbelievable. I mean, just stunning right now, starting to plume, you know, showing their glory. Fall is, if you don't have some grasses in your yard, then you're missing out. Now, I, my wife makes a comment, well, they're just grassy looking, you know? And, and it's true, you know, for most of the season, they just don't have a lot of, you know, they give nice texture, they blow in the wind, you know, all of those types of things. But now is the time they give their glory. Brand new shipments in the store of grasses. I mean, three, four hundred in each store. I mean, unbelievable selection, great specials. Suppliers are passing lots of great pricing to us, folks, and we're able to kind of pass that along also. So exciting time in fall at Estabrooks. I, I, I have not seen the yard look this good in a long time. And let's not forget, without fall, black-eyed Susans. You just cannot have fall without black-eyed Susans. But the other one that I want to talk about is Rutabecchia Herbstone. Six to seven feet tall, light yellow flowers, a clear center, not that dark center to the bloom, one that should be used more often. Unfortunately, it doesn't sell well in the spring. So this is the only time you're going to find that plant in the garden center. Okay? So check that plant out. Really, really awesome variety. And you, you can't do summer fall without hydrangeas. I mean, they're just stunning. My pinky, not pinky winky, but my quick fire is bright red right now. I mean, bright red, just firing up a storm. Unbelievable. Has been white, has been pink. Now it's going to red. The fall color starting to show up on it. Can't say enough. But the other one that's been a showstopper this fall has been pinky winky. I like vanilla strawberry. I like all the, but Pinky Winky has, I've really kind of, it's just won me over this year. I think it's because of the cool temperatures. The bicolor flower has just been beautiful. I, I keep passing by it going, I got to find a spot for that. I've got to find a spot. The plants in my yard have put on a tremendous amount of growth and they're all looking good, but that one I think I got to find a spot. Perennial hibiscus. I have one, the Proven Winter Variety Cranberry Crush in my yard. I have three of them. They are four and a half to five feet tall, and I counted on each one of them. There's over 200 flower buds on each. Now, these, this is the third season they've been in. If you don't have some perennial hibiscus in your garden, you've got to run to the garden center and get at least one or two in the ground this fall. Uh, every year they more and more and more just amaze me the time of year they flower it hits at the right time you've got everything from dark foliages to green foliage you've got colors all the way from cranberry red all the way through pinks and purples and whites they're just all different heights too you know you've got the squirrel series the luna series you know that are dwarf they're small three to three to four feet you know much much nicer Okay, so with that being said, you got to try, you got to try at least one in your yard. Now, I do want to caution you. Hibiscus will, you'll for sure think they're dead in the spring. Okay, for sure. Because they don't come up until about June. So what I do is I actually leave the stalks up. I don't prune them back in the fall. I leave those stalks and then come Probably mid-May when I'm out there starting to think about planting a few annuals, I'll cut them back to about two feet, and then I'll fertilize them, okay? And then all of a sudden, almost overnight, 
you see the stalks starting to emerge from the ground. Okay. So I leave them up as a winter interest plant in my garden. Okay. So that's kind of a tip of what I would recommend. I find they winter a little bit better if you leave them up also. Okay. The other trick with perennial hibiscus, they have got to be in a moist location. They are a water hog. Okay. So if you put them in a moist location, maybe a good spot might be by a downspout. You know, where we get rain and you have a lot of extra water that comes out off the roof. That might be a good spot. Might be a great spot. Okay. I have a nice moist spot and they do wonderfully. Okay. So perennial hibiscus, chelone. Nice shade plant. Great, great plant for that. Asters. You know, asters kind of get a bum rap, in my opinion. They have a lot of fungal problems, but the trick is understanding what to do and pruning them back, you know, in June, making them flush out, not letting them get five to six feet tall and ugly with all that rust and everything, but shearing them back a couple times and making them into what they really should be. They'll push new growth. You put a couple sprays on them. They look beautiful all fall. The other thing with asters is you can use them as a, as a fall, you know, crop, say kind of like a mum, you know, because the costs are about the same as a mum. So you could plunk them in for color and then after they're done blooming, pop them out and toss them. So you don't have to think about using them as a perennial, okay? So depending on what you want to achieve, you may think of asters as an annual also. Okay, so that's kind of a tip also. Coreopsis, I hope you pruned them back. They're coming back beautifully. Going to be an unbelievable fall. Massive amounts of flowers on Coreopsis. Coreopsis, to me, are a great way to reuse a plant, pruning them back in August, them coming on for September and October. The new dark colors, like Mercury Rising, Route 66, All these new varieties, if you prune them back in August, give them a little bit of fertilizer, you've got a show in September and October that you cannot replace. It's just stunning. With the cooler temperatures, they just put on all kinds of color, and they hit the right color profile for fall. They work really well with the oranges and the reds and all the fall color that's starting to show up. And speaking of fall color, have you seen some of the trees out there? They're showing signs. Go ahead, look around your neighborhood. Look through your backyard. You're going to see some plants that are going to look in a little off color. Tip, okay, if you've got plants in your neighborhood that are showing those signs now, that means they're stressed. What does that mean? It means that those might be the places that diseases and insects are harboring, okay? So you may look at some of those things. Some of the street trees I've noticed have definitely started to turn. You know, some of the red maples have started to show their glory, Uh, There's definitely signs starting, so it's not far away. It's not far away, folks, okay? So let's talk a little about a few shrubs also that look phenomenal for fall. Blue Miss Spirea, Caryopteris. Not terribly hardy in a lot of areas, but Sapphire Surf's a new one, and I really like it. I really think the flower is nice and big. It's a nice shape. Uh, really nice variety, butterfly bush. Well, I'm sorry, but it's like monarch butterfly time frame. You know, there's nothing better than having butterflies all over the place. And of course, they'll be heading south fairly soon. So think about adding a butterfly bush. Nice to add late season stuff. And of course, 
You know, we can't forget all the moms and the cabbage and kale, fall annuals like marigolds, snapdragons, petunias. I'm sure your annuals are starting to look a little ragged. Some of mine are, you know, and we're going to get to a question about those fall annuals uh, also. But roses, hopefully you prune back some of your roses earlier, okay? Maybe in August you did a heavy shearing on some of those knockouts or whatnot. They're coming back with a vengeance. I mean, buds all over them. We've pruned back some at the garden center, and what a show they're going to have. I mean, they are going to be just stunning right through October. And then, let's face it, sweet autumn clematis. Sweet autumn clematis, you can't beat that for a clematis. Vigorous, great flowers at a time of year when none of, no other vine really is doing their thing. A new shipment of those that came in, and they are stunning. They're in full bloom on a little trellis in a two-gallon pot, just looking amazing, absolutely stunning, okay? And last but not least, Joe Pieweed. Now, this is kind of fun because Joe Pie weed has come a long way. Originally, we had just the old-fashioned Joe Pie, uh, you know, big, eight feet tall, six to eight feet wide, big, broad arching. Now we've got all these new ones. We've got a variegated variety. You know, we've got dwarf baby Joe and little Joe. And you know, I'm sorry, but there is a Joe Pie weed to fit every garden now. You know, if you've got a small garden, you know, baby Joe's a perfect example. You know, small, three feet tall, three to four feet wide, perfect. Just as big as any other summer flowering. You know, if you've got Heliopsis or you've got, you know, Russian sage, same size. Okay, same same size. So you can get that late flowering Joe Pie weed. And then, of course, you've got that big arching gateway. Love that plant. You know, I like big perennials. They're, you know, those... Just make a statement. And it's like kind of the ornamental grasses. They go hand in hand. Big purple flowers, you know, purple pink flowers. Butterflies love them. Bees are going nuts on them. I mean, just crazy in the garden center. So check all of those plants out. So mum's the word. It's that time. And we're going to talk about how to pick out the perfect mum too later on in the show. And with fall comes berries. All the plants that have great fall color and have great berries. But let's talk about some of those because that is an addition. You get a flower earlier in the season, but you get the berries that come on now. So all of your choke cherry, your aronia, whether it be the black or the red, are really looking awesome. And these are all bird attractors too. So you get like the trifecta of unbelievable gardening stuff. You get wonderful flowers. You get great berries, you get great fall color, and birds. So I guess that's four, not, you know. But anyways, a lot of them are not, the flower's not that exciting. You know, aronia, eh, flower's okay. To me, the fall foliage, the berry, and the bird attraction is why you plant that plant. Okay? So aronia, that choke cherry, I like the black one. You know, there's a new one, viking. That's a really, really nice foliage, clean, bigger flower, bigger berry. Some people feel, you know, a little invasive, which can be the case. You know, if you have moist locations and the birds digest the fruit, they spread them out, you know, it it can be. But it's a native, so you kind of, you know, eh, I like it. Holly. There's nothing better than an evergreen holly in the fall. When the berries start to show... 
you got that little yellow interior kind of shedding going on, but those berries start to turn yellow and then orange and then red. They're starting to show their glory. You know, these are the progressions in plants that I enjoy. If you can't tell, falls my gardening time. I love it. All these little things that pop up, it's not all about flowers anymore. Now it's about foliage and texture and and fall color, and it just is a fun time of year. Winterberry. Now is a good time to think about if you've got a wet spot, put some winterberry in. You know that lovely berry we all use in the in the uh, window boxes and in wreaths and all these things at Christmas? Why not have some in your yard? Again, another bird attractor, but this is bird attraction late. Late, late, late winter. Late January, February, early March. Great addition to a wet spot. Got that spot you just can't get anything to grow. That's a good one. And fall's a good time to put those in. Viburnums. A million of them out there. You know, all the native ones are starting to show all their berries. All of the fall color you know, the fragrance have don't have much for berries, but boy, do they have unbelievable fall color. You know, those oranges and those reds and the interior growth with the new growth staying green and just, you got to start looking at some of these plants and the attributes they bring to fall, okay? And last but not least, when it comes to berries, I'm sorry, blueberries take the cake. They really do. You know, we've been harvesting for weeks here now, but they continue to go on. Now we're going to have the berries. If you don't protect them, obviously the birds, it's a bird attractor. But the fall color is one of the best things. So when you're thinking about a nice red plant for fall, you know, most people think, ah, burning bush, you know, beautiful red fall color. I'll tell you, blueberries give you the same red fall color, but they give you so many other things. They give you a flower, in the early spring, they give you beautiful texture and color all summer. They give you an awesome shape in the winter. They're kind of quirky, you know, but in the winter, they have a nice shape. You get the berries that you get to eat with your kids or just have on morning cereal or whatnot. And if you don't protect them, you've got a great bird attractor. So, you know, they just add something to every single season. If you've got a wet spot, great, put them in a wet spot. If you don't, that's fine. Just water them extra. You know, so there's just a lot of things that are really, really positive about blueberries. And I love it that customers have figured that out. We're selling more and more blueberries. We're recommending them more to mix in as a landscape plant, as a naturalizer. You know, maybe you have a summer home. You're kind of on the lake. You don't know what you can really plant close to the shoreline? Blueberries. You know, not going to hurt anything. Native, you know. Um, you've got low bush and high bush. Both are considered native. Um, you know, just a real nice naturalizer. Get them established this fall. No worries. Come back next, you know, June. Boom. You got flowers. You're going to have berries. Nothing better in August than picking fresh blueberries. You know, you go out, grab 20 or 30 for the morning cereal, maybe just pop a few while you're going. You know, it's a good good time out in the garden. So if you have questions, you know, certainly submit them to our website, estbrooksonline.com backslash radio. 
or you can go ahead and contact us through our mobile app, okay? I have had so many great questions. Yesterday, I had two pictures from a customer, one of an insect and one of a question why her plant wasn't doing well. Bing, bang, boom, answered right back. She came in that afternoon, was able to pick up the right products, straighten the plant out. A great way. Pictures tell a thousand words. So if you need to submit a picture with your question, you know, it's a great way to kind of, you know, pull things together. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Are you an organic gardener? Finally, there's a fast-working and effective all-organic insect control available from Bonide. Bonide's Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew is the answer to all your garden insect problems. Captain Jack's works two ways, on contact and when the insect feeds. This will ensure that your insect problems are over. Captain Jack's controls all types of insects, including caterpillars, beetles, spider mites, boars, and more. Use it on vegetables, flowers, berries, trees, shrubs, and fruit. Captain Jack's all-organic insect control is available in easy-to-use dust, liquid concentrate, ready-to-use and ready-to-spray containers with built-in spray applicator. Pick up some Bonite Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew today at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit maineigc.com or bonide.com. Arr! Summer may be winding down, but that doesn't mean you have to be, too. Whether you want to plant a new landscape or just add some late summer color, Estabrooks in Yarmouth and Kennebunk still has tons of great plants. Best of all, you can take them home for a fraction of the price. All annuals are now 50% off, and all trees, shrubs, perennials, and roses are now 30% off through Monday, September 1st. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. News, sports, and weather are all just a tap away on your smartphone. Now, the gardening expertise of Estabrooks is too. With the Estabrooks mobile app for your Apple or Android device, you can earn rewards with each visit, browse thousands of plant photos and descriptions, and get answers to your gardening questions all in one place. Plus, don't miss out on exclusive in-app deals you won't find anywhere else. Visit your mobile marketplace to download the app today. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we've been talking fall plants. You know, I know it's Labor Day weekend, a lot going on, but our sale is ending, okay? All the plant prices are going to go up, you know, after the first. So through Labor Day, 30% off most all of the plants. Uh, been a great sale. We've had a great summer uh, in, and a lot of fresh product that has come in. So, you know, come check it out. Everybody who's walking into the garden center is like, wow. You have all this stuff. Wow. You have all, wow. You know, I had a customer in this morning uh, just, you know, absolutely could not believe how much fresh, new, beautiful stuff we had on on sale. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on with plants out there, and we certainly can talk about a lot of those, but let's get into those customer questions because that's really, you know, what drives the show. Um, I want to continue to answer and bring up topics. So if you have questions, submit them to our website, sbrooksonline.com backslash radio. Uh, you know, those those kind of spur 
what, uh, you know, what I've got going on, okay, on the show. So here's a question. Why is it that my plants are yellowing leaves? What's happening? What am I doing wrong? Why am I seeing so much stress on my plants? Well, here's a prime example, okay? We all have gotten lackadaisical, including myself, okay? Through July and, and August, we pretty much feel like we got a lot of rain, and we did. We did. We got a lot of rain. But guess what, folks? That rain is gone, okay? I don't know about you, but a lot of areas, it was hit or, hit or miss with showers. You know, uh, if you listen to the news or look at the websites, we had record rainfall and this and that. You know what? Record rainfall is great for lawns. Record rainfall is great for established plants. But any of those new plants, and we're having customer call-ins every day. My plants aren't doing well. My plants aren't doing well. And the question is why, okay? This past week, we sent out on Monday, I believe it was, a news alert, an Estbrooks news alert. And if you haven't signed up for our e-news, this is part of the reason why you sign up for it. It's not just every Thursday you get an e-newsletter that's, you know, full of information and a bunch of other stuff, but we also do these news alerts. So we had looked at the weather and we saw... Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, we're going to be pretty warm. Wednesday was a scorcher. 90 degrees, hot, humid. Well, guess what, folks? If you haven't been watering, you got caught off guard on Wednesday. I know for sure you did because the phone is ringing like crazy. And when that happens, it's all a result of typically water. And these yellowing leaves, the interior, I had one customer had planted a hydrangea three days before. Okay, had watered it twice, thought it was good and moist. Unfortunately, didn't have a nice moat around the plant, so the water was all running off. Flowers all scorched in a matter of five hours in 90-degree heat. Gone. Bloom's gone. Disappointed, but the plant's going to be fine. Okay, so this is the thing that we have to look and listen to plants, okay? Unfortunately, they can't scream. They can't say, eh. I need water, you know. Unfortunately, the plants can only tell us by the signs in the leaves, the signs in the blossoms, okay? So the other day, I was sitting on my front porch. It was about 4.30 in the afternoon. I think it it might have been Monday, actually. And I was looking out across the plants I had put in, and I said, yeah, you know, eh, they look okay. They're they're not really showing any signs of wilt or, or anything, and I'm kind of looking, and I'm looking. Then I look at that quick-fire hydrangea, and the interior leaves were starting to wilt. Not the blossoms, the interior leaves, okay? And I said, oh, I better go water that because we got a couple hot days coming. So what that led me to is I watered all my plants. I watered my baskets extra heavy. I watered all the trees I've put in. I watered all the perennials I've put in. I even watered some of the established stuff that I had. I gave them just a little drink. So if you're seeing a bunch of yellowing leaves on specifically the interior sections of plants, whether it be evergreens, trees, shrubs, perennials, it's probably water stress. Now you'll say, oh, we've had all kinds of water. And my first question back to you is going to be, when was the last time you watered? Well, Tuesday. How often have you been watering? 
Well, quite often. Well, how many times is that? How often is should be on new plants still every other day? Okay, so get out there and grab the hose. Okay, if the biggest thing for fall hardiness is limiting stress on plants. So I want you to go out there over this Labor Day weekend and water your plants two to three times, okay? Even if you don't think you need it, I know there's a little bit of rain in the forecast, some thunderstorms. Those don't do anything for new plants. So I'm specifically talking about your new plants. Get out there and water them two to three times this Labor Day weekend. It's just going to be like insurance for hardiness, for overwintering. Get out there and do it. Okay, that is the reason why plants, number one reason why plants are having problems out there in the garden. Another question is, I seem to have caterpillars on all kinds of plants this year. I seem to get them under control on one, and a week or ten days later they pop up on something else. Should I spray all of my plants, or is it a different caterpillar that's showing up just because... They attack different plants. That's a perfect perfect question because we hear this day in and day out. So, should you spray all of your plants? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. If you wanted to give a preventative spray, sure you could. You know, if you feel like, hey, you know, I've been having to applicate on a bunch of different plants every single week, you know, to me that's that's a an environmentally sound way to spray things. I see a problem, I take care of it. If I don't see a problem, I don't need to. Unless it's a plant that always has the same problem every year. Then kind of we almost hit the calendar and say, okay, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take care of this problem every year on this date, in this time frame, because we know it's going to happen regardless. So should you spray everything? No, not necessarily. Is it the wrong choice? Not necessarily either. So you have to kind of personally decide what the best route of attack is. Now, caterpillars, could it be the same thing? Absolutely, it could. Is it likely? No, not necessarily. Okay. The likelihood is you've got more specific type of caterpillars eating on specific things. For instance, on your evergreens, sawflies. You know, sawflies have been crazy this season, been showing up. Here or there, you know, then you have your cabbage worms, you know, in the in the vegetable garden that have been showing up all season. If you've got cabbage and kale that you're planting this fall, that little white moth, keep your eye out for that little white moth. If you see the moth, you need to spray, okay, because they're laying eggs. That little white moth, when you go out in your garden, you see it flopping around, just a nice BT you know, Thuricide is the is the brand name. You just spray it down. You know, great, great product, low impact, um, you know, won't hurt, won't hurt bees, great product, okay? Simple for caterpillars. But then, you know, we've, got, we've had some that have shown up on red twig dogwood, uh, viburnums, uh, you know, all sorts of different things. And each one is specific. Like, for instance, Sawfly, you can't use BT on. doesn't work. You have to use something else. So when you find these problems on plants, again, the mobile app, take a picture, tell us what plants it's on. We can diagnose it right over the internet. Or 
bring a sample in, cut off a branch, throw it in a baggie, and come over to the garden center, okay? And we'll talk to you about what problems you're having and what you might be able to do and what products to use and all of that. But it's usually not the same insect on every single plant, okay? So I hope that helps because caterpillars can seem to be a big problem this year. They seem to really mean just really, really proactive in so many ways. And I don't know if it's because we had such a cold winter and a lot of snow, if a lot of the eggs wintered over, but insect and disease seems to be, you know, pretty crazy this year. You know, a, a, a very, very, very strong year for problems. And it could be our weather conditions have just been unbelievable and beautiful and things, everything's thriving, so... The next question is one that we've talked about in many different cases across the show over the years, but this pretty much is a question that's coming up day in and day out now. Because we're showing all these yellowing leaves, because we're showing signs, this question kind of fits perfect. So should I fertilize with slow-release fertilizer at this time of year? If not, what should I be doing for fertilizing? So here we are. It's the end of August. Fall is upon us. When I think about fertilizer, fertilizer to me is I'm trying to push growth. I'm trying to proactively make the plant, give it the nutrients to grow. Okay. So when I think of fertilizer, it's two things. I want to green the plant up, but in greening that up, I'm also act, asking it to grow. Okay? So, my question back to you as listeners, do you want that plant to grow in the fall? Okay, the answer is no. Okay? At this time in the season, we want the plant to slow down. We want it to have its fall color. We want it to look beautiful all fall, but we don't want to push active growth at this point. And you say, why? Why Why wouldn't we want to keep it nice and dark green and, you know, beautiful? Well, let's face it. We're hitting September. Typically in Maine, I think of when I hit September 1st, I have six to eight weeks of gardening season left. Depending on Indian summer type scenario, maybe a little longer, maybe a little less, you know, But by the time we hit mid-October, I mean, think about it, mid-October, we got temperatures that are down around freezing. We've got plants that are dropping leaves. We are in the fall shutdown period in six weeks, basically. Now, can you still plant in that time frame? Obviously you can, okay? But here's the thing. Always think of it in terms of Do I want to push growth into fall? No, you don't. Okay, and because all the plants, the new growth that comes out is going to die back. It's not going to have enough time to harden up and go dormant in the fall. Now, slow-release fertilizer, let's talk about that because there's two different theories, okay? There is slow-release, which is a product like, for instance, Osmocote, you know, or a prilled type nitrogen, okay? And when I say prill, it's those little round balls you see in all the pots 
And I had a great question from Alan this week. And, you know, Alan's called in numerous times. Alan, I hope you're listening today. Um, about why you use slow-release fertilizer in pots, because he obviously is buying a lot of pots and they have slow-release fertilizer in them, comparative to using it in the ground. So this is the take on that question to an extent. With slow-release fertilizer, we have two types. We have product like Osmocote, could be Shaken Feed, could be a whole bunch of brand names. And then we have slow-release fertilizer like Espoma, like Hollytone, Plantone. Two different animals. They act totally different, okay? One, like Osmocote, is released by temperature, okay? It has to be at least 70 degrees for that to release out of that coated prill. Now you've got Espoma, which is slow release because it's made from meals. It's made from natural ingredients that basically have to break down in the soil and then it's released. Okay, so you've got two different applications. So with this prill, the reason why we use them in pots, and I I recommend Osmico all the time for annuals. I think it's a great opportunity for annuals to have fertilizer all the time in containers. The soil temperatures are warmer. That's where I use it. I don't recommend it for trees and shrubs. I just don't. But in a container, you see them in a container because we're running irrigation all the time. And it's washing the nutrients through the soil all the time. Okay. Now, when you plant a plant in the ground, it has the natural nutrients of the soil. And it doesn't need that constant release of nitrogen. Okay, because you've got it in the soil already. So that's why we go more the espoma route than the prill type situation. But I still think annuals, great opportunity in the ground or in containers. That's where you use a slow-release fertilizer like Osmocote, Shake and Feed. There's a million others. That's where you use them. Don't use it on perennials. Don't use it on trees and shrubs. And definitely don't use it. After spring, you know, once you get to July, these are three to four month release time frames. So you think if you put it in July, you're releasing nitrogen in August, September, you know, right when the time frame is you don't want to be heavily feeding your perennials and your shrubs. Okay. So if you're having some dieback issues, that might be part of the reason if you're using some of those products. So I hope that answers your question because it's a little complex. But overall, that's kind of the the general route of, you know, what I would do to fertilize my plants. Now, fall fertilizing. We're going to get more into that as the shows go on. It's still early, okay? We're going to be hitting into late October and early November for fall feeding, okay? So at this point, pull back the reins. Let's stop, hit the brakes. No fertilizer for a while, okay? If you want to do root stimulation, you can do that. You know, biotone's a good one or a starter fertilizer. Those on new plants, that's still good to do because it's very low in nitrogen, higher in phosphorus for root development. So next question is, how do I get green up on my veggies at this point in the season? Okay, so it kind of goes time, you know, I'm kind of grouping some different fertilizer questions together here because it seems to be a hot topic this, this summer. So how do I green up my vegetable plants at this point? We don't. It's too late. 
hopefully you've set a bunch of fruit. You've you've done a whole bunch of you've got great great produce coming out of your garden. Mine has been phenomenal. But mine's starting to wane a little bit too. You know, my second crop of beans have started. Uh I didn't get as much fertilizer on them as I wanted to early. But they look a little off color, but I'm okay with that at this point. I I'm not really trying to push them. They're going to die obviously. There's no need for more foliage. They're all flowering and and doing well. Um, you know, some of my stuff that I've, I've planted a little bit late later, like lettuce and stuff that I'm doing leafy greens, I'll put a little top dressing over it. But if we're talking tomatoes, if we're talking things that have been in the ground, you know, peppers and stuff like that, it's, it's kind of useless at this point. There's no real reason to push things. We're not going to get enough fruit now that our temperatures, our night temperatures are getting cool and they're not really pushing a lot. So I wouldn't go ahead and put too much more on. What I would say is at this point, if you've got stress plants and a bunch of damage and, you know, brown leaves and start thinking about cleaning up some of your garden, just dismantle. I've got some squash that just have not done well. They've had powdery mildew. They aren't looking good. I'm getting ready to till that area and just cover crop it. Get some more organic matter back into my soil. Clean it up. I'm just going to cut my losses and say, you know what? It just didn't work this year. And that's the beautiful part about vegetable garden is you can call it. I've got four or five tomato plants that pretty much are done producing. I'm going to pick all the green fruit and I'm going to just take and clean that area up. Okay. So some of these things now that we're getting this time of year, if you've got some areas that don't look good, you know, I ripped out all my lettuce. My first spring lettuce is all gone. You know, it it just wasn't producing the way I wanted to. I We picked it out cleaned it up and we're going to reseed some other fall stuff like spinach and radishes and a few other things here. So, you know, think about cleaning some of those things up and don't worry too much if everything's perfect. Okay. It's just about impossible this time of year. If you've got carrots and beet greens and things like that, that the tops are yellowing a little bit, that's just natural in the, in the fall. Um, you can't keep them really green at this point. Okay. Uh, it's not, a big concern for me on this end. Okay. So I hope that helps. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the joy of gardening on Newstalk WLOB. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Summer may be winding down, but that doesn't mean you have to be too. Whether you want to plant a new landscape or just add some late summer color, Estabrooks in Yarmouth and Kennebunk still has tons of great plants. 
Best of all, you can take them home for a fraction of the price. All annuals are now 50% off, and all trees, shrubs, perennials, and roses are now 30% off through Monday, September 1st. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we've had a couple long segments there. So this is going to be a short one. Uh, unfortunately, the clocks here at the, sh- at the station, there's about three of them in here, and they're all a little different. And, you know, so if I rambled on a little longer than normal, there's a reason for it, okay? Debbie's going by one clock. I'm going by another. And, you know, so I'm just going on thinking, ooh, man, this is a long time to talk. But, uh here we are. We got like nine minutes left. So, you know, the show's been cranking along, obviously. And, you know, I wanted to kind of bring up, you know, obviously our sales ending on the first. But the other thing is our hours are changing on the second. Okay. So our fall hours start. We use Labor Day as our general time frame to kind of cut our hours back. And, and partly, it's not necessarily that we're slower. It's the fact that we start losing all our summer, summer staff. So I want to take an opportunity to just thank everybody. You know, all of our staff has just been amazing this year. They've done a great job. Uh, you know, it's sad to see some go back to school and, you know, go on to some of their winter jobs. You know, a lot of people that work for us work for L.L. Bean also. And they're starting to get called back, you know, for the Christmas rush, I know. And uh, that's right, the the C word. Oh, jeez, Christmas. And speaking of Christmas, those poinsettias are growing like crazy. You know, we're always a, a season ahead, you know, and I say it time and time again. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, how are you talking about Christmas already? Well, because we're already planning on it. All of the poinsettias are being spaced at this point. They're going out to their final spacing. They're looking unbelievable. Great crop this year. You'll find a lot of them in in our local florists. And obviously, we also sell them at our store. And we do a lot with fundraisers, too. So... If you're a uh, a group that's looking to do a fundraiser, uh, you know, we do boosters groups, we do church groups, we do all kinds of different groups. If if you are interested in a fundraiser, we do poinsettias, we do mums, we're willing to work with your group in any way. My suggestion is give Bonnie a call in our office. Uh, she's usually there Monday through Friday. Bonnie kind of heads up a lot of that stuff. Or shoot us an email. Shoot me an email, uh, tom at estabrooksonline.com, and we'll start a conversation. Okay, we love to work with groups. We love to help you raise money. I mean, it's just a great cause for everybody. Great to get our product into communities and, and also a great way to kind of give back is the way we look at it. So if you are looking for a fundraiser, uh, you know, and, and have a nonprofit group, give us a call. Okay, it's a great way. Even if we can't do it for this year, it's good to plan a year in advance. Obviously, we're growing plants for a lot of fundraisers right now. Uh, We may or may not be able to take on more. I'm not sure where we are. But anyways, give us a call. It's a great way to uh, give back. So our fall hours are changing, though. Okay, Yarmouth will be 9 to 530 and Kennebunk is 830 to 5. Okay, again, Yarmouth, 9 to 5.30, okay, and then Kennebunk, 8.30 to 5, okay. We start a little bit later, close a little bit earlier, hit the peak hours, you know. I know it's a little inconvenience because sometimes you can't get there between those hours, you know. So weekends, obviously, you know, or days off, 
you know, it's it's a little tough, but we always can kind of work with you on that, you know. So let us know your needs, and uh, we'll do our best to make sure that we uh, are able to service you the best we can. So let's get back to some questions because there is a million of them. And again, submit those, estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. Uh, just submit those, a uh, great way to kind of get some answers to your questions. So here, this question here is typical of my yard too. My annuals are looking rough. Should I replace some of them with some fall product or should I cut back some of them and see if they're going to rebound for fall? So we've talked about this a few times, probably in July and early August. Yes and no is the general answer. I know that's like, wow, thanks for being clear. Uh, yes, you can cut some of them back. Now, obviously, I don't know the exact condition that your plants are in. So here's my thoughts on it. If the plant's foliage look really good, but the flowers are kind of all passe, then I would say, yeah, go ahead and cut it back, maybe 30%, hit hit it with some high nitrogen fertilizer like miracle Grow or something like that, and you'll probably get good success all fall. If it's a plant that the foliage doesn't look good, it's not really thriving, you don't have much of any flower buds, that's probably pull it and put something new in. Okay, so that's a simple general rule of thumb. Now, with any plant that's cut back for an annual, I would say go ahead and be proactive about fertilizing those plants for, you know, a week or two. Our temperatures are cooler. We need to push more growth and get them activated. Otherwise, we might as well just go ahead and replace them with something, you know, new and beautiful. Okay. Now, for fall, some annuals that I might recommend. Okay. I might recommend marigolds. Okay. Very frost tolerant. Uh, hold up very well right into late October and early November. Great in the yellows and oranges. Uh, you know, just fall colors. Hold up great when all your perennials are cut back. You've still got a little bit of color out there. Snapdragons. Okay. Always a favorite. But hold up again. Well, the frost. Pansies. I know. Pansies. Spring plant. It, you've got to think about pansies as an addition to your landscape in the fall. Give us flowers right through November. Those warm days, the flower heads perk right up, look beautiful. Those cold nights, they kind of wilt down and look terrible, but then the next day they pop right back. So pansies are a real positive when it comes to fall. And it's been something we've kind of been trying to get people more involved in. We're not talking about buying 200 plants like you do in the spring. We're talking, you know, two or three pots. Um, do some freshening up in areas that you're going to be walking and using in the fall. So around those patios, you got the fire pit out there, you know, you're spending some cool evenings near the entryways. Replant some of this fall product near the entryways. You can add some pumpkins and corn stalks and all of that stuff with it, and it really kind of ties everything together. Cabbage and kales are another great one right till Christmas on that plant. Okay, cabbage and kale all the way through till your Christmas decorations. Then what I tell people is the ground's frozen, no problem. Just clip them right off at the base, and we'll pull the root system out next spring. 
So when you want to remove them, don't feel like you have to get the ice chipper out. Just take your pruners and prune them right off at the base. Discard it like a picked, you know, head of cabbage and done. Okay, you move on. Really great addition for late season cabbage and kale. Okay, and of course mums. Let's talk a little bit about mums because it's mum season now. And I love going by stores, you know, driving by stores and seeing hundreds of mums in full bloom at this time of year. Put on the brakes, folks. And I'm not saying stop and pull into those stores, okay? What I'm telling you is don't get caught in a buying frenzy. Mums that are in full bloom or halfway open right now will never last the fall. Now, if you've got a, a you know nice event you're having at your home and you need some fresh color and you want to just plunk in a few things you know, for a short-term boost of color, great scenario okay and that's how i kind of talk to folks in the yard about how do you pick a mom you pick a mom for the time you want it in color we're going to talk more about that next week okay um you know mums are certainly uh you know a big hot button issue we're going to talk more about mums next week so you know certainly beautiful weather columbus day weekend get out there Get in the garden center. Fresh stuff. Enjoy your weekend. Have a great weekend, folks.